0: Welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast, people talking about comics, pop culture, and events. Here with us today for this brand new start of Season 5, with 50% off, is Ross. Hi. Looking at a fresh 81% off, because the math is hard, CBS. I like when things are complicated. And looking at a 56% because, you know, stuff like that happens. It is Rob. Hey, I'm back
1: today.
2: <laughs> Hi. Oh, my God. you all
1: discounted? Is that's, that, like, well, I'm obviously the cheapest. We're on sale. Ah. that's so a bargain. I think I was 54%. What was? I, I was 86%. You were, were
0: 86 Yes.
1: Ross is only that 50 makes, That makes math hard. It does. But also, you also get me a lot cheaper, so Ross is more valuable. Sweet.
0: We haven't been able to afford him lately. That's a true <laughs> statement.
1: That makes people sad.
0: We get a lot of emails
1: about that. Yeah. <laughs> Usually they're from Ross. <laughs> it's weird.
0: Where's that other guy? <laughs> yeah,
2: that's true. The one that doesn't suck. And I'm like, oh... None um, of them. Wait
1: a second. Yeah. No. No. <laughs> <not. laughs> they we <like, "Huh? laughs> meet Dave from Season 1, Episode 3. I'm like, oh. Oh, oh yeah. Sad.
0: sad that would be fun, you know, if you ever want to book a plane and come over and hang out again and do a podcast. We're all on a <laughs> discount now, so. That's true.
1: Yeah. Well, he came to Salt Lake last uh, last year, so. Yeah. September last year, came out the half of the day. You never know. No, no idea. It's good times. He had a full on beard going on. He's awesome. Hmm? Good on Dave. Dave Wall, uh, Ashman Comics, now DC Comics Editor. Um, oh, he is? I didn't know that. Yeah, he's been editing books over at DC. Uh, currently, he's doing Hawkman, Death of Hawkman. Uh, he was doing the Catwoman book before it ended, and he did the Catwoman one shot. There's a couple other ones in there he's wrapped up in. Oh, that's cool. Hawkman and uh, Death of Hawkman is the one he's been working on when he was in Salt Lake. When we came out to visit, we were talking about that one, trying to figure out a variant color for issue two. Nice. So, That's good times. Cool. Yeah, it's fun. Um. All right, well, now we had all that nonsense for, if you were following, good for you. Extra points at home. No? Physical challenge? No? Not yet? Okay. <laughs> all right. Well, welcome to Top 5 Comics Podcast. Um, today we are doing episode number 87. Yeah. All right. And it is the ignomatic. No, is that the right word? The ostentatious. Ostentatious. I think you're making up words. Ostentatious is a real word. That's a real word. Yeah, it's in the dictionary. Oh, okay. Season 5. I don't think that's the right word, though.
0: It probably isn't. Maybe enigmatic? Enigmatic,
1: is that a real word? That's a real word. I
0: just said it wasn't a minute ago, but I don't Um, know anything. I'm going to go
1: with it's a real word. Okay.
0: Ostentatious would be
1: ostentatious.
0: It It would be more like, that person's being fresh, and like, yeah. the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Like,
1: oh. kind of rude. The, oh. Yeah. We want to be fresh like the fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Yep. Well, then, you know, that's not how that works. <laughs> oh, no, okay. you be fresh like a Southern
0: Belle, fresh, you know? Oh. I declare he's fresh.
1: That's... <laughs> not, not like,
0: that's fresh. yo.
1: We definitely want the second one of those two things. Yeah. Because the the Southern Belle Girl version not so good. No, it's not as good. No. Okay, well, (laughs) uh, let's try to move forward one more time. (laughs) Oh my god. Uh, So, uh, today we're going to be doing uh, the Uncanny Avengers number 19. Uh, Adam Rebirth, number 1. God Country, number 1. From Image Comics. U.S. Avengers, number one, from Marvel Comics. And uh, Titans, number seven, from DC Comics. I guess I assumed everybody understood that the Atom was from DC and that the Uncanny Avengers would be from Marvel. Does that seem like a... Okay.
2: I think so. Um, It's a strong assumption, but I think they'll probably get it. If they didn't assume that now, now they know. It's true.
1: Knowing's half the battle. G.I. Joe. There you go. Which I think is still... um... IDW product. It is an IDW product. Yeah. <laughs> it's the same from the 80s, Rob. That's true. Uh, okay, well, um, yeah, that's good times. Uh, see, before we dive into news or books, I just wanted to uh, give a shout-out today uh, to uh, the Erie Canal Theater. They are a podcast slash radio show group. They're a group of filmmakers, actors, and sound designers and writers based out of Detroit, uh, they create what they call uh, audio cartoons. So in the radio, style, radio show style of old, they make the original theater for your imagination on their, uh, on their own podcast, which you can look up either through uh, the com, which you can also find on iTunes, as well as you can find us, or Stitcher or Google Play, which we are also on Google Play. Yeah, you can find them and us right on all of those fine
0: products that he just mentioned. What did I say? But yeah, if you're if you're missing the old radio, the old school kind of radio dramas,
1: right. these guys
0: are breathing new life into it. They're not just breathing the old stuff again. They're doing their own original stuff.
1: Well, I do love me some uh, Shadow and Lamont Cranston. Yes, that stuff is great. But their uh, their show, uh, what is it, Infinity? Some Infinity Switchboard or Switchboard, Switchboard Infinity. Infinity. Yeah, I'm more than halfway through it now. I'm digging it. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Yeah. Fun show. It's crazy. It is, but it's, but fun it's, show.
0: it's good. It's kind of like Futurama meets Rick and Morty.
1: Yeah. You guys should check them out. They, they put out some, like I said, I'm halfway through the Switchboard Infinity, and I'm digging it, so look them up, all right? Okay, we'll move on to some news with Ross and the Dogpile. pile. Damn it. (laughs) Ross, what happened in the world of the
2: news? So we had a pretty crazy DC pre-solicitation announcement in the past couple days. Oh, yeah? One involving Superman and another involving the Flash and Batman. You don't say. Superman issue 20 is this post-reborn, I think is the story arc that they're going into now. And uh, Superman has another new costume, huh. which isn't really very different, but they did add some cool things. Like, he has his red boots back, and now he has, like, a gold Superman belt buckle on his belt, which sounds a lot crazier than it looks in <laughs> real life. But uh, Is it going to be a full belt, or is it still just going to be the hanging piece? It looks like it's full belt all the way around him, and okay. then he has the gold belt buckle on the front of it. You
0: know, it always drew me crazy. like partial belt
2: yeah okay yeah it looks like it's all the way around belt this time the
1: full belt (laughs) the full belt yeah and and
0: the shoes will do good as well i think people were so happy about the the disappearance of the buoys that they never like talk about how he just looks like he's wearing a onesie with no shoes mm -hmm. (laughs) so that's a good point yeah i'm okay with both of those changes
2: So that was the Superman news, and I guess that wasn't super crazy, but it is kind of interesting that they're doing a costume change already, and I'm assuming that's going to have something to do with that story arc as well.
1: Well, in theory, we're looking at seeing possibly return of red and blue, so that should be...
2: I think that cover's kind of deceiving. I don't think that's actually going to happen at all. Oh. Lies and secrets? I think they make that cover look that way a little bit, but I don't think... The red and blue Superman's going to have anything to do with the story. Alright. But I could be wrong. Maybe the
1: cover is telling everything about that story. I'm going to tell you that most of the time covers lie. Yeah. Well, sometimes. <laughs> sometimes they lie. Just like politicians. Ladies? I,
0: th- I, think, <laughs> I think politicians always lie.
1: Small free animals. Yes, they do. They like shiny things.
0: They, they tell you, pet my tummy, and then they attack. It's
1: true, they do. So
0: they are liars. They, they are
2: rat bastards. More news, Ross? So on uh, the Batman and Flash side of things, starting on issue 21 and 22 of both Batman and Flash, we're going to have a crossover between the two titles called The Button, That it's going to explore the mysteries of the Watchmen button showing up in Rebirth. Which finally. Is
1: freaking, yeah. There's been peppered pieces. we talked about this on the show before. There's been peppered pieces in random books showing up, but uh, this will finally be something that goes towards part of that story. So yeah. um, do we know who's writing it? Is it King, or do you remember? I don't remember right off the top of my That's head. That's right. I'm, so, I'm glad they're calling it not... Title-wise, when you said button, I thought, button, button, who's got the button? <laughs> So I'm glad the title's not what I said just now. Yeah, me too. Just ignore me for a minute.
2: Move on. Speaking of the mysteries of that, though, that Superman Reborn arc is dealing with Mr. Oz and what he has to play in Rebirth and the Superman book in particular. Okay. So somehow that leads to Superman getting a new costume, but more importantly probably is that it's playing with the why rebirth happened and what's causing all the nonsense and
1: well, we're <laughs> supposed to be getting an answer to this Clark Kent situation too mm-hmm. I almost think that's an action but yeah it's it's supposed to be coming
2: yeah that's part of that part of that story arc Sweet. It sounds like that's a big crossover event as well with Superman and action Comics. and I want to say some of the other Superman books as well like uh, the new Superman and Superwoman, probably. Yeah. Can't say that for sure. I know for a fact it goes between Superman and action. I don't know about the other ones, but I had it in my head that I did.
1: Huh. Well, those should be good times. Yeah. Anything else, Ross? That's all I've got. Did you say there's some video game news about the Switch? No. Uh, well. Some yeah, trailers that showed up? That
2: doesn't really have anything to do with comic
1: books doesn't matter. We talk about everything, Ross. Pop culture, games, movies, it's, it's all true. on the board. That's what the write-up says. That's true. Did you, we talk about... If you right? read our write-up... Did you talk about George Michaels passing away? No. last last The year in So I got a little out of control. It was and awesome. I know that Scott and Ross loved it. And maybe the rest of you loved it too. Hopefully. Well, you know. Hopefully
0: you guys enjoyed it. I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't there. But I didn't enjoy it because
2: I wasn't, wasn't Oh, no, yeah. You're doing something <laughs> else. Is that why probably. it was my favorite one? Is because I,
1: I was there? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. That's a good point. There has been a fair amount of time that Ross was busy doing things. Yeah. Ross assassin things. It's probably going to happen again in the near future. Well, you take contracts out and you have to travel to other countries to kill people. I mean, to do that's gardening. Awesome
2: to tell We're going to cut that out. Ga- out
1: gardening.
2: Uh, yeah. Gardening. Yes. Hose and stuff.
1: I think that's something different. Oh. <laughs> okay. Uh, man. Any movie news? Anything good no, about the movies I've heard of recently? No?
0: Well, I I don't know if
1: it's news or not, but
0: we know that Spider-Man: Homecoming is going to be seven seventeen. Yeah. Seven seven seventeen.
1: Right. I don't know if that's necessarily news or not, but yeah, mm-hmm. um, we do know the Arrow got a season six. That's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody expected it not to, but it,
2: it did. Go back to that seven seven seventeen thing. Yeah. I thought for a second Rob was saying the rating was. <laughs> like, the ultra-mature rating for movies, and I was like, what? Holy cow, you what mean,
1: happened? NC-17? Yeah. Maybe?
0: They dusted that one off just for the spoon. <laughs> you thought Deadpool was bad at rated R. Yeah, watch out for Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> oh, things are getting really reckless.
0: <laughs> oh, my
1: God. All right, so I think that's about it for news. Well, well, we did, we did we still got... have the Switch stuff. I mean, oh, right. Tell us about so. the Switch, Ross. I thought I distracted everybody. <laughs> I mean, you did for a second.
0: You're Luckily, to, there's two of us. You distracted one.
1: Darn it! <laughs> Tell me a story about the Switch, Ross. Well,
2: they announced the uh, Nintendo Switch. They announced it a couple months ago.
1: Right. But this morning
2: or last night, they had the reveal of the release date and the price and a lot of the games that are coming out with it.
1: Did they have pre-sales happen?
2: They did have pre-sales happen, and they sold out very fast. But. That's a pretty typical Nintendo thing to do, to not have enough pre-sales right at the beginning to drive up the hype for the thing to try to sell more of them later. Right, that's true. But still pretty crazy they sold out so quick. Um, Switch, for people who don't know or haven't heard what it is, it's the next home console for Nintendo, replacing the Wii U. But what's crazy about it is it's also uh, portable that you can carry around with you anywhere and play... Like, multiplayer at everything, wherever you go with it, which is a pretty cool thing that's never been done before.
1: So it works as a home console and as a carry-around.
2: Yeah. It even has a cool kickstand in the back of it, so you take the controls off and give one to your friend and play two-player wherever you go. Battle it out. Yep. That's what I like. It's even a new Street Fighter 2 Ultra Final. New Challengers. New Challengers. Fantastic! I don't think that's the real title.
1: No, nah, well, those close. words were in the the They Most were in the trailer.
2: Yeah. It's true. It's true.
1: Pretty sure. Yes,
0: yeah, it's, it's weird for the 30th anniversary of Street Fighter. You're releasing <laughs> Street Fighter Ultra, yeah, the right. final challenger. <laughs> Street Fighter Ultra Two,
2: Rob. It's Street Fighter Two. It's Street Fighter Two. Ultra. Ultra, yeah. The that's Final awesome. Challengers. That's the name of it. Hey, it only took that's us four right. rounds. Street Fighter Two:
0: The Ultimate Challenger. That's the name of the ring. Street Fighter Two: Ultimate. The Final Challenger. <laughs> yeah. That's it. There we go. So damn, like, look it up on YouTube, people. It's it's not as impressive as we're trying. As, as, as much time as we've spent on it. Those
2: graphics look fun. Got an awesome title. It looks true. fun. There's a lot of words in the I title. like that it's cartoon theme mm-hmm. instead of.
0: Yeah. those. Those were actually the games that were. Fantastic and revolutionary when we were growing up, but they also were the games that almost broke the soul of, of fighters. <laughs> oh <true>. yeah, because <laughs> they just went stop it, just put a number behind it, <laughs> like it mattered.
2: <laughs> yep,
0: you know that's no, right. Pe- people lost their minds. Like, and it's it's probably the only one that had a very quick, I guess, Japanese American port, which is why we got. Yeah. The Super Street Fighter 2 and the Turbo uh, Street Fighter 2 Turbo and the su- Street Fighter 2 Super Ultra, you know. That's why we got all those. Is because evidently that's normal in Japan. You just keep pumping out the tweaks until the game yeah. is done. Now, we call them patches. Yep, DLC. But back in the day, that's not how it was. You didn't get a patch. You got another game with a damn subtext
1: on it. I put patches on pants sometimes. I was going to say, I thought those were what you put on your merit badge. <laughs> put on your Merit Sash? Merit Sash, that's what I wanted. Sometimes. You a Merit can... badge for your Merit Sash? Or a patch? I'm going to shut up.
0: You can also put them on your pants, but like not these patches. These are digital patches.
1: Oh, they wouldn't seal any holes. No. Or hide anything. Nope. Mm. Another uh, cool thing
2: about the Switch is that the new Zelda game is releasing on release date of the Switch. Mm. called Zelda Breath of the Wild. Okay. Which has been in the works for, like, they said it was supposed to come out in 2014 <laughs> initially for the Wii U. Yeah. And it's just been pushed and pushed and pushed until it's finally coming out now with the launch of the Switch. Yeah. Uh really cool thing with it is it's going to be the very first one with voice acting ever.
0: First uh, Zelda. Game Zelda voice mm-hmm. of- Yeah. Which, it looks impressive. I mean, it's hard to deny that it, that it looks really good.
1: The no, trailer for it. it looks awesome, yeah. so...
0: And they're also making what I would think is like the spiritual successor to Mario 64,
2: which is the Mario Odyssey. Yeah, Super Mario Odyssey.
1: Game's wrong. Which Mario has eyes on his hat. It's
2: awesome.
0: Wrong. (laughs) The hat's alive. Hey, you gotta check out the trailer for this. If you liked Super Mario 64... I think this is the closest game I've ever
1: seen to them recapturing that.
2: Yeah, it reminds me a lot of 64 and uh, Sunshine.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I see the gameplay looks like Sunshine. Yeah. Uh, yeah.
2: It's uh, definitely crazy Mario going through, like, all kinds of crazy different worlds that he's never really been in before. Yeah. Including one that looks an awful lot of, like regular world. It's true. Yeah. that's true. There's a lot of cool things to kind of
0: look in there. A lot of neat Easter eggs, so... Check out the video. For sure. It's pretty awesome. Sweet. Did did we have any more comic history? Anything
1: else coming up? I don't, not that I can remember. Okay. Sweet. I'm sure there's things that happen to actually matter, but you know, whatever.
0: Everything matters to somebody.
1: It's all perspective?
2: Yes. I think we just talked about everything that matters to me, so. Sweet. That's what I like, Ross. I'm going home. just (laughs) throws the table on the floor.
1: (laughs) <laughs> there was his headset you... on the floor.
0: You mm-hmm. have a headset. <laughs>
1: Kicks the microphone over. Not any reason for that. Good job, Ross. Thanks for coming. Thanks to that last show, too. <laughs> that was funny. Okay, let's move on to some books. Oh my god. The Uncanny Adventures, number 19. Uh, this is written by uh, Jerry Duggan. Uh, art is by Pepe Larraz and uh, Rodrigo Zayas. Zayas? I don't know how to say your last name. Z-A-Y-A-S. So, good on you, because it looks great. Um, So, catching back up with the Uncanny Avengers, just for a second. Uh, This is a team that was formed by Captain America in the wake of civil unrest between the Avengers, X-Men, and Inhumans. Mm. Uh, They had a falling out, and now they're still running around as a team anyway to get the Red Skull. Who... In the first couple issues, as a spoiler, um, got part of Professor X's brain, so now he has Professor X's powers. And that's about it, so let's go. So, the way the book opens up, we got Deadpool, of course, and he is running, making a phone call to somebody. He's running scared. We wind up finding out he's being chased by Quicksilver, who at this point is under the skull's influence. Uh, what exactly he's Quicksilver seeing? I don't think they've actually showed us, but it's definitely the Red Skull giving him orders, and uh, whoever Deadpool is calling, the call gets cut short, and uh, he informs or uh, Quicksilver informs Red Skull that he's got Deadpool cornered, and the Red Skull is like, "All right, good job. Uh, I'm gonna go on to the next person," and uh, we wind up seeing Sin, the Red Skull's daughter, and she's like, "Let me go after Deadpool, Dad." He's like, "You don't question the Red Skull." Quicksilver's going to handle it, it's fine. I'm going to check on our Inhuman. And so we move forward to check on one of the members of the group um, from the original team. And uh, she's seeing a very different vision than what we see her happening in the room she's in. Like, what she sees is a boxing ring. And she's training, and it's like she's been training for however, however long. And she's being visited by her coach, an old man with crazy white hair, which we see the Red Skull transform into. And the two of them were talking, and he's like, "Well, you know, you need to make your next step. To decide what you're going to do next, you know. You used to be running around doing things with the team and getting out there in the world. And uh, she's like, "Oh, I really thanks for believing in me. And you know, I'm glad that that somebody, like, you know, somebody feels like I'm I'm trustworthy. And I don't really know how Cap and them feel about me, and I don't know how this is going to work out. He's like, "Oh, well, you know what? You just keep on keep on cooking dinner and." He hands her a knife and says, go ahead and cut the rest of these vegetables. And then he leaves her, alone with the knife cutting, I guess, imaginary nothing, to go and visit Brother Voodoo, who is, at this point, passed out on a Well, he, he appears to be in a trance sleep, because he's not really asleep, but he's not awake. And he believes he can't move, and he's sitting on top of this table, um, and he believes he's talking to his brother, who has been dead for a while. And uh, as he's talking to his brother, the brother tells him that, oh, you, you're you dear dying brother, I've kept you alive so that you have some more time. And it's basically the Red Skull just imparting what he wants the, all the Uncanny Avengers to see. Because we move forward from there to Wasp, and he's convinced Wasp that she's a robot, which is kind of awesome, but crazy. And we move forward from there, and we want to seen the Human Torch, and he's under the belief that he's hanging out with the Fantastic Four again, until he burns them all alive. Which is also crazy. So, he's pretty much got them all in prison, and he's just mentally torturing them. We move forward from there, and he decides to move on to the next of his group, which happens to be Cable. Well, Cable has some TK powers, and he's dealt with mind control before. So when the Red Skull encounters Cable, Cable opens up by stabbing him in the head with a knife. And it's pretty it's pretty hardcore when it happens. Um, and of course, the Red Skull looks at Cable and says, Well, it seems like your defenses are better than I expected. I won't make that mistake again. And then he transforms the world around him, makes a giant version of him smashing through the ground to fight Cable. And Cable retreats into a basement area and decides that he's going to put a stop to this before the Red Skull can. Because he's died before, and he's okay with that. And so basically, Cable, from what we get from it, cuts his own memory and washes his own brain. Because all of a sudden, the Red Skull's standing behind him, Cable chained up. So nothing we've seen Cable doing is real. And the Red Skull realizes that his mind is no longer there. And the Red Skull laughs to himself about an Omega-level, he says, An Omega-level mutant falls to me. Ha <laughs> ha, I'm the Red Skull. And out he walks, leaving Cable chained to the chair, presumably mind-wiped. From there, we want to find out the Red Skull's plan is to send the uncanny Avengers that he now controls, as if he's Professor X, out to the world to kill humans, because humans are the enemy and who kill other Avengers, or X-Men, or Inhumans. Then we get a flash over to Deadpool, so he's gone to visit Doctor Strange for help. And he shows up there, and of course Doctor Strange is gone, but Wong's there. So Deadpool tells him, well, you're going to have to help me, Wong. we got to stop the Avengers, or the Uncanny Avengers, because they're getting ready to wreak havoc. And about that time, Spider-Man shows up. And apparently Deadpool was calling Spider-Man... Which, if you're reading the Deadpool-Spider-Man series, that kind of makes sense now. And uh, Spider-Man asks him, who else did you call? He's like, did you recruit anybody else, Wade? The Power Pack? Morbius? Is Man-Thing coming? Funniest joke in the book, because in Deadpool it says, points. Man-Thing, points. <laughs> in a recruitment seminar, in order to, get, or in a recruitment way to get people to go fight the Uncanny Avengers. Because at this point, like the power of the Red Skull is crazy. And like the previous issue before this one, issue number 18, if you haven't read that one yet, we definitely see Deadpool shoot the Red Skull in the face. And it looks pretty ending until we find out that it's not. Um, so it's pretty bleak for our, our heroes, as it was. Um, Score-wise, uh, man, I give it a four. It was pretty, it's a pretty interesting book. The fact we've gotten back to this Red Skull stuff is really cool, because it started its way back in issue one, and we ran it around, I don't know, maybe around 8 or 9, and we had the whole Axis well, happen.
0: Yeah, this is where it gets tricky, because there's right. there's
1: been two runs. And the
0: Red Skull stuff was actually in the first run.
1: Right. Yeah. First it's, run, first issue.
0: Yeah. So Axis
1: happens, everything stops with Secret Wars, and this is the second run of the series.
0: Yeah. So it's nice to have it go full circle and actually get back to that Red Skull
1: storyline. Right. Pretty interesting stuff. The art's really good in this book, too. Uh, But yeah, like I said, give it a four. Uh, Rob, you want to score the book? Four out of
2: what?
1: Out of five, Ross. Okay. Oh, for the audience. In case you don't know, because this is the first episode that you've ever listened to, we score on a five scale. Or tacos occasionally.
2: I forgot, actually. It was for me. Damn it, Ross. How did you
1: forget? (sighs) It was top five. Top five. It's It's in the name.
2: We're branded. Yeah. Yeah. I never said I was smart. Oh.
1: But you do math. Man, that's scary. All, all that uh-huh. schooling. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay, so a four out of five. I give it a four. Uh, Rob, go on. Jeez.
0: I, I actually follow up with that. I, I give it a four as well. I, The Uncanny Avengers as a title has been actually really, really good. Um, it's better that they went with Uncanny than Unity, even though Uncanny Avengers is kind of weird. But it's cool to see him go full circle with this, and the idea of Professor X's brain being used in this way is, is terrifying. And so it's making a really, really great storyline. Um, another cool thing is that at the beginning of the series, Spider-Man was going to be a part of the team, and Spider-Man and Wade couldn't see eye to eye. And so actually Spider-Man walked away because of Wade. So it's cool to see him come back because of Wade now. Either way.
2: But yeah, four, four out of five. Mr. Ross... I'm not going to give it a score, because I don't know good enough. No, well enough? Well I'm, enough? I'm going
1: to take it that, that Ross is not a ring on Candy Avengers, but that makes sense, because he's more of a DC man. That but I, I really have no idea about this one, other than what you just told me. So Good times. It's all right. In a score. Not applicable? Yeah. Nice. We need to put a checkmark on the box for that, so he fills up the paperwork, we know what's going on. Darn paperwork. This time he drew me a pig. I don't understand what's That's happening sweet. at all.
2: To be fair, that's what I do on all the paperwork. (laughs) Most of the time, it doesn't look like a pig, though.
1: You're getting better. Yes. (laughs) Uh, All all right, let's move on to the Adam Rebirth number one.
0: It's the Justice League of America Adam Rebirth, because we needed a longer title.
1: More words make for a funner story. More fun. Yes. Yes. What did I say? Funner. Oh, okay. Rob, tell me a story about the Adam.
0: Sure. <laughs> um, we have the story being written by Steve Orlando with artist Andy McDonald and colorist John Roosh. Which hopefully we're pronouncing that correctly.
1: Nice. That's sweet. I don't know. This is a one shot issue, correct?
0: This is actually I think a mini. No. Isn't the Adam the Captain mini? Adam is the mini. Captain Adam's the mini. Adam. A regular is a...
1: Adam is the one yes. shot. They're doing a group of one shots. They're doing the Adam, uh, victim. I feel like there's one more. Ross, is there one more? The Ray. Oh, two more. Killer Ray and Frost. Killer Frost. So there's four. There's
2: the Ray. That's the one I'm interested in. Yeah, it'll be crazy. So I thought the moral of the story was you become a captain and you get a miniseries. Yeah. Ah. I mean, maybe. Maybe. I, mean, I guess
1: that's true.
0: Well, they had to do a lot of work with him because everybody else was ended kind of nebulously, so uh-huh. I was like, oh, we can go back to them. I see. But Captain Adam's story was pretty definitive, like, I'm going to go live on the moon. F y'all.
2: That's what I say when I leave anywhere.
0: <laughs> I'm going to go live on the moon.
2: F y'all. Yep.
0: I always thought it was just the door closing.
1: <laughs> That's just the first part, Rob.
0: I see. Man, it gets worse after that. All the way to the car. <laughs> Saying whatever. Now I understand. I always thought he was just like having Tourette's or something on the way out, shaking his <laughs> arms and stuff. I was just continuing cursing.
1: Tourette's of hell and disease. <laughs> 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 not that it's funny to have it. My no. God, that's not what I meant. No. Yeah.
0: So yes, the story the story of Adam. So we actually kind of begin it with. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's him daydreaming, and it was kind of a nice tie back to the old sort of the Adam story, except for it's
2: it's Ryan. Kind of wonder if it is daydreaming, or if there's some kind of crazy time travel nonsense going on here too. I guess it's a possibility
0: because it's like he's fighting some kind of ma- um kind of little tiny creatures mm. on his glasses before he goes to like his first day in Ivy University.
2: Yeah. I think it probably is daydreaming, by the way. But I think it'd be cool for this crazy time travel nonsense... It's was. hard to
0: say. Like, Nothing nothing is uh, completely locked down for this book. It's true. But we do find out that his, his real name is not Ryan, but that is the easier name that he's going to get because he's Cantonese-Chinese.
2: Yeah, so that's like his, his American name he's chosen.
0: Yeah. And we kind of find out from his family that they... It's kind of odd they're a little bit different than most families because they seem to be more reluctant to him actually going to college for science.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Like they almost rather he went in for a less flashy degree, I guess.
2: Yeah, because doesn't it say they wanted to be artist or was it music? Uh, to study
0: music Yeah, instead of science. Or even go into medicine. But Well, actually I guess it's because their parents pushed them into medicine.
2: Yeah, and they wanted they, to be musicians. They
0: wanted to be musicians, so they thought, well, he might want to do this instead. So they kind of like, they almost veer him away from what his choice is. And he's he's a little bit, let's um, say, not the most popular kind of guy. He doesn't seem very socially connected yet. He's a little weird. Um, awkward. awkward. Awkward, there that's we go. That's, that's what we're going for. Yeah. Good job, Ross. And they kind of like build the idea that he's he's not necessarily the superhero type
2: no he's definitely like awkward freshman college kid
0: mm-hmm. and we kind of meet his uh, his roommate who's kind of man about town sports guy but then we get to another familiar face which is the second Adam Ray Palmer so I guess Cho's actually the third Adam. I always call him the second Was Adam. Was there before. an atom before? Yeah, there's a golden age Oh, Adam, that's but, right, yeah. Yeah. But Ray Palmer is teaching one of his classes about theoretical science. And uh, they kind of have this sort of bonding in that Ryan understands where Ray is going with a lot of his stuff. And actually, over, uh, over the year of him being in college they actually have a whole lot of breakthroughs and different things that they've uh, managed to accomplish together. But,
1: the uh... guy kind of takes him under his wing, because, like, as he's doing the class, there's a point where he says, all right, I've we'll got some questions for everyone. And he starts asking the questions openly to class, and we... The first one, we see Ryan answer, and it, sounds, it seems like the guy in front of him copied his answer and just said it. And then, eventually, Palmer says, uh, Mr. Cho, or Choi... Uh, did you want to answer this one? Because you've been mouthing the answers to all the other questions. And from that point, they kind of... We realize that the two are, are on the same par of thinking, which the whole year thing is basically just shows us that. Because we fast forward after that, the year forward. Mm.
0: Um, and it kind of comes to the point where they've, they've worked together enough that they're actually pretty well acquainted. And Ray's kind of pulling them aside... And he's like, you know, we've done all this stuff together, we've we've copyrighted these inventions, but why are you really here? What is, what is it that you really want to do here? And Ryan kind of like gives a little sort of standard answer, and Ray's like, no, nah, I don't think that's really what it is. I need to know what you really want out of this. And Ryan basically tells him, like, well, with all my problems, my allergies, my phobias, I just want to be in control. I want to be in control of my life, like you are, because you've mastered physics. You're in control of everything. And Ray is kind of like, tell that to my ex-wife. <laughs> you know, but um, it's, it's basically the answer he kind of wanted to have, because then Ray opens up the door to an, a new level of... Of science and discovery and basically shows him that he has built the the atom suit it reveals to him he's the hero the atom yeah. which it sounds to me like this is prior to most of Adam's adventures so I don't know where this fits in the timeline of things or if this has been changed
2: by the yeah. rebirth timeline of things easy has a really weird history going on right now so it's hard to tell yeah, yeah.
0: Well, and there was things like stuff that happened with uh, Frankenstein and the Agents of Shade. But mm-hmm. I think they're kind of like, well, we hope you don't remember that.
2: Yeah, yeah <laughs> you know? I agree.
0: Um, even though it was kind of cool continuity, mm-hmm. it always boggles me like that they will have stuff that says, don't remember that. But then they'll bring in Frankenstein's wife, which is clearly saying, remember yeah. that we did this.
2: Yeah, they like to fight themselves on their continuity, what yeah. they want to keep and what they don't.
0: Which I guess with, with rebirth coming, it's a good time to do that. Yeah, but either way, like he basically brings him into the fold to be a part of the Adams' adventures, and he kind of starts off as just being his assistant, mm-hmm. kind of uh, helping him along the way and giving him tips of what maybe he should do and teaching him. Like in a way, he kind of teaches Ray even how to be the Adam better.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And I did think it was funny that the. They want to call the uh, the base the Newton base because, cool. you know, he's got this bust of Isaac Newton in his laboratory, of course. And physics, Isaac Newton is yeah, like
2: Yeah, yeah. That's way cool.
0: He's the guy.
1: Ultimately, Ryan, I don't think, I think it's Ryan that doesn't like the name. But, you know, whatever.
0: Yeah, ultimately, uh, Ray is he was all about it, so. But we kind of go through some adventures as the Atom. And we kind of jump again to one more year later where um, Ryan kind of introduces Ray to, like, one of the like best perks of the Atom, which was being able to raise his density without his size, which is kind of what makes the Atom
1: become well, pretty strong. Yeah. I mean, it gives him a lot of different abilities, it's something this doesn't get explained super often, but it's what makes the Atom so awesome. Hmm.
0: But... um. We kind of see that, like, these guys have really spent a lot of time together, and, you know, both of them have really grown from each other, both in Ray's life as the Adam and in Ryan's life just as Ryan. He's a lot better as a person because of that. But then, Ray just kind of disappears for a little while, and Ryan, since he was so closely connected to him, starts being harassed by the teachers, kind of wondering where he's at, why he hasn't been to
2: classes. Wasn't he his assistant, too? Like, that was his job was...
1: By that point, he is, yeah. Mm. So, like, where's your boss at? Where's your boss? He's like, hey. So, the, the written Exactly like, like that. Yeah. Everything is written that way in the book and everything.
2: Just see the sound effects. It's amazing. <laughs> Just kind of shakes his head. <laughs> What's cool is that part of the book is directly out of the Rebirth special.
0: Yeah.
2: So, if you've read the
0: Rebirth special, the big sneaky final thing... Is actually already revealed in there. Mm. But what we find out is that Ray has left notes for Ryan basically saying, I'm not going to be there for a while, and if you haven't heard from me in this amount of time, come looking. And then there's something at the very end of it that'll probably be what we're really going to see in the Justice League book. Probably. So. Leave it at that? Yeah, I think so. All right, well, I'll
1: give the score for that book.
0: Uh, I actually really enjoyed it. I I'd say I'd give it a three. I like the relationship that they built between Ray and Ryan, which I mean, you know, depending on when you read comics, you know, that was the Adam that you were exposed to.
2: I was gonna say they really didn't have much of a uh, relationship before, did they? Uh, It was there, I guess, because he was still
0: like Ray's assistant. before he became the Adam himself.
2: Oh, was he? Okay. Yeah,
0: but I don't know how much contact they really had. Because, mm. I mean, honestly, I I tuned in and out during that whole period. Yeah. So yeah. I knew he was connected. mm And he had a bunch of his, his stuff, because I remember he had that I'm sure it's really awesome, but the kind of ridiculous flying dumbbell... <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, ...thing that was an Adam thing. And he Gosh, used that a lot more than Ray ever did, but like uh, I, think this just does a better job of building
2: their relationship.
1: The got has score of that book.
2: Yeah, I'd probably give it. I'd probably give it a three and a half. Um, I do like like we were just talking about that they gave it a really solid relationship between Ray Palmer and Ryan Choi. Uh, and I, I like the fact that it's almost like you gave the Adam a sidekick. Or a pro, uh, protege, huh. kind of. Yeah, like a Robin. Yeah, even though it's not really, it kind of is. It, it's a cool idea. Um, it also reminds me a lot of kind of what they're trying to do in the Blue Beetle book right now as well. It's true. With uh, Ted Kord and Jaime. Right. So, but yeah, and I, I probably my favorite part was that it builds right into that rebirth special. That this is basically your prequel. From the Adams' point of view, to that book, which I mean,
0: I'll discuss that after the show. But uh, one of the things I think is cool is now we're a lot more accepting of having two characters with the same name, too. Yeah, because I think in the past you could not have two Adams, now without confusing
1: people. no. Yeah,
0: and and now it's like it's a normal thing. We got two Captain Americas. We got two. Spider-Man's two Wolverines there for a minute we had two Superman you know I mean we kind of at do least two Clark two. Kins. Yeah. so I mean I, I think it's just it's more normal now same thing with Blue Beetle actually because we do have both, both. of them and yeah. there was actually something really cool in the last issue but we, we're not doing anything with that so what was it uh, I'm pretty sure they put Dan the original Blue Beetle in the book too oh, really? so it's like we nice. have three generations of Blue Beetle in the Blue Beetle book that's cool. Mm-hmm. Which is super cool to me, as as a Blue Beetle fan. Yeah,
2: no, that is awesome. It's a lot like what they've been doing with the Flash for forever too. I mean, they're just now getting back to it now since Reaver started. But having multiple versions of the Flash that are all just yeah. called the Flash, right?
1: Sharing a superhero name, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? Um, See, so yeah, I give the book a three also. Um, as far as Adam, I mean, i read a little bit of Adam's stuff, just like you, Robert, tuned in and out at times. Yeah. So I don't have a whole lot of super in-depth history about him, except for the old animated stuff, which has nothing to do with anything we're awesome. talking about. <laughs> um, but, yeah, I, I like where it's going. I'm interested to see the whole dynamic of Justice League America. I think that'll be cool. So as far as the setup and how he got there, that's it's a pretty cool backstory. So I dig that. Good times. I feel like there's supposed to be something else in there, but I guess I don't remember what it was. It's fine. There's no answers. Uh, so move on to the next book. Every, everything's permitted. <laughs> <laughs> everything's connected. That's something More different. about um, too. Um, so our next book's going to be uh, God Country Number 1. This is from uh, Image Comics. Uh, written by Donny Katz. And the art is by uh, Jeff Shaw. Um, it says... Another image image series, so it winds up kicking itself off. When it first opens up, it actually has a quote from Cormac McCarthy, which I will tell you, the only reason I know that name is because of Mike Tyson Mysteries. Had I not seen Mike Tyson Mysteries, a quote from Corm- Cormac McCarthy would mean nothing to me. But because I have seen that show, this quote makes me happy. <laughs> Moving forward. What is uh, the quote, Steve? I don't want to read the whole thing, Ross. It's like a whole thing. Oh, okay. Plus, I'm all sort of sick. Okay, we'll try. No, it's no, okay. The I'm... wrath of God lies sleeping. It was hide a million years before men were, and only men have the power to awaken it. Hell ain't half full. Hear me? You carry war of the mad men's making into foreign lands Y'all wake more than the dogs. Yeah, I told you it was weird. I'm kind of sick, so maybe it doesn't roll off my tongue right. Y'all wake more than the dogs, see? Cormac, the book it's from is, uh, uh, let's see, Blood Madeira. So I don't, if you know Cormac McCarthy, that makes some sense, sense to you. He writes a lot about Westerns.
2: Just, if you know him from Mike my Tyson Mysteries.
1: <laughs> it also makes much. perfect sense to me. I'm
2: pretty sure he's a Pegasus. He is. Yeah. Horseman. In real life.
0: That's what we're talking about. As far
1: as I know. That's what Mike Tyson said. Yeah. So, back to the book. So, it opens up with a quote. Um, And when we first open up, we've got some pretty, like, full, widescreen-type shots. Uh, The first one starts out in space, and then the second one's, like, what looks to be the side of the Earth, and then we are in the desert, um, looking at the horizon, And we have a voiceover happening the whole time explaining that the story is being told passed down generation to generation. And this is the person, whoever it is that is telling us the story, is telling us the best they can remember from the way they were told. Um, And from there we basically open up and we're we're in Texas. And it starts out a long time ago in West Texas. There was a storm. And when the book opens up we've got what looks like a farm, um, an old truck driving down the road, of course dirt everywhere. And the first people we really see is a is a sheriff, and then a guy who uh, comes running up to the sheriff asking about his his, his grandfather or his father and is he did he hurt anybody like is everything okay, and the sheriff tells him we should probably go inside and we see the guys with his wife and daughter, and he asks them if they want to come inside and the wife's like no no we're good, so he goes and the sheriff tells him you know he got all the way down the highway and. They found him out there and took two of us, two, two, me and one of my deputies and get him in the back of the car, and he wound up busting Bill's teeth. So, it, the guy they're talking about is his father, and his father's experiencing Alzheimer's. So, he lives in a state of dementia, and uh, we find out, finding out that the mother's died, and so the whole setup is that mother used to calm dad down, and then when mother passed away, there's no one to keep him in check, and he's just left to his own demises, or his own... His own devices, there you go. And he tends to get very angry very easily, and he's a bigger man. So he's not one you want to mess with. Uh, anyway, while they're discussing what happened, um, the officer suggests, maybe we should get him into a home. And he tells him, I don't want to put Dad in a home. I don't ever want to do that. And about that time, we hear Dad yelling down the stairs for Elizabeth to call the police. And we wind up finding Elizabeth is the mother or the wife that is dead and he's upset the people are in his house and he doesn't know who these men are and they must be there to rob him and of course uh, our guy tries to explain to him I'm your son you know it's me I'm your son about that time in runs the daughter and she's I don't know probably five years old and she's like grandpa grandpa and the old man yells at her to get the F out of the house and he can't believe people are breaking into his house in the middle of the day and, of course, that freaks her out, so she runs outside because Grandpa's out of control. And that makes the wife mad because Grandpa's out of control. And, of course, the son's trying to convince the wife that things are going to be okay. And she's like, yeah, we can't be around this. you got to pick your family or, or your dad. And he's like, how can I choose that? That's crazy. You know, what am I supposed to do with him? About that time, it starts raining. And, of course, him and the wife have a little bit outside. And she winds up taking the truck and driving away. Uh, the son tells the, the police officer that he'll stay with dad for the night, and that he'll take care of him, see, so you, you know, try to make a decision about things. And uh, we cut from there to in town, we got a, what looks to me be a hobo guy, or like a, a, like a street traveler type, and he's just walking through the city singing to himself, and the rain's getting worse and worse and worse. And as the rain gets worse, the voiceover in the story explains things that are happening, and what's going on, and our hobo runs into a pack of dogs that are out of control, but the dogs don't care that he's there. Like, they look like they're going to tear him apart, and then they run past him because they're afraid of something else. And we go a little farther, and we wind up having what looks like a giant green tornado touchdown out of nowhere, which is where the storm had come from. And, of course, the wife, who's been driving away from the farm, sees it and realizes that it's at the house. So she turns around the truck and heads back to Grandpa's house, and we're, we we rejoin Grandpa and the son in the uh, tornado happening, and uh, about that time we, he, the son yells for Dad and we have a giant kaboom, and the house like blows up into sticks like crazy tornado style blows up, and it's it is crazy. The co- the art in it's freaking great, but it is it is wild, super crazy. The voiceover continues to explain to us what's going on, and uh, continues to explain to us that uh, everything that we were seeing this tornado was not like a normal tornado, and what it brought with it was was dangerous, was deadly. And as we see stuff coming out of the out of the tornado, we see this giant twenty foot tall looking monster. About that time, mom pulls up with the daughter, looking at the house in wreckage and here comes calling out the son. The son's name is Roy. So Roy comes climbing out of the rubble, and he sees the daughter, and he sees the wife, and he's like, oh, I'm all right, I'm all right. And the daughter runs to him, and as she's doing that, one of these demon things emerges from the cloud behind her, and kind of comes after her. It tries to get her, which is about that time, we wind up having a giant flash, and we see Grandpa, uh, whose name is Emmett, I should have mentioned that earlier, Emmett Jumping towards this beast with a giant glowing sword. And he destroys it in a thunderous kaboom. And then turns back to look at his son. And he asks his son, when did I get so old? And uh, we realize that uh, it seems like while he has this sword, he is not rageful, not dimension-filled. He seems to be in control of his faculties. And he saved the son and, the da- and, the, and his daughter from the demon thing. The little girl calls him Grandpa, and he's like, Grandpa? Did she just say Grandpa? And she comes running over to him, and he's, his personality is entirely different. Because he's no longer this rageful, crazy demon man. He's a normal old dude. Just big and strong. But he's not crazy anymore. And then we see... Uh, a shot out in the uh, out in space, and something else is out there. As it turns out, the magic, undestroyable sword. It might not just be Emmet that needs it. Um, I'm gonna leave it there, so the actual catch is on the very last page. Um, Score wise, I give it a four. It was pretty entertaining. The whole concept behind it, I think it's a, it's an odd concept, and we get through a whole lot of it without a whole lot of other characters because we only see if you count the bum and the demon or the, the, the shadow demon, we only see like six people in the whole book. But the way that, well, seven, I guess. Seven people in the whole book. And the way it fits together is pretty good. I mean, you can see where, the, where Roy's having problems, because his dad raised him, took care of him, and up until this point, Mom's been taking care of Dad, and Roy went and built himself a life in another city, and then he moved his whole life to take care of Dad, and Dad's just nuts. Which happens when you get old and have dementia. So, like, you feel for the guy, and the, but you see where the wife's coming from because he's completely out of control until he gets a hold of this sword, and then at that point, everything changes. Um, yeah, I, I give it a four. It' pretty entertaining read. I'm interested to see the rest of it. The catch on the end page is what really sells it to me, um, just because it's a pretty big cliffhanger, I think. So it'll be interesting to see where it goes. Um, I guess that's all I got. Rob, score for the book. You know, it seems like a pretty promising
0: start. He um, does seem like an interesting go. Definitely a different kind of art style for it. I'd, I'd probably give it a 3.5. I thought it was pretty good. Kind of kind of read for it. I, I don't know if I was taking as much as, as you were, but it is an interesting story. Sure. Uh, Mr. Ross?
2: I'd give it a 3. I like how the giant sword looks. And I like the idea
1: that it calms the guy down and puts him in a right state of mind. It's pretty cool like how it, the sword itself looks kind of awesome. It's almost like Sun Sword style because it's got a Heath and the blade looks almost like translucent. Yeah. So it looks kind of awesome.
2: Yeah. And then the cash at the end is pretty good too. Yeah. Definitely a three.
1: Right on. Um, so let's move on to. Let's see. It's book number four, which is the uh, U.S. Avengers, which this book they did something crazy with. So. Well, one of the... God, I can't remember. We reviewed this book, too. I think maybe during season one. DC did Justice League America, and they did a 50-cover release, one for each state, with a different flag. Marvel's done the same thing with this, except instead of doing, the like, a flag swap, which is Justice League America they did, they did a Avenger for every state. And the Colorado, which is where we are state happened to be Hercules. The that's thing cool. that's crazy about it is the background is not a repeat background. So the, you have the shape of the state and then behind that you have, for Hercules it happens to be blue with stars. So the idea is if you've got all the covers you can build a giant American flag. Oh nice. Which is crazy. That's so, cool. So yeah interesting uh it, it just just crazy man. But yeah. Anyway, uh, so Rob, uh, you want to tell us a story about Avengers?
0: Uh, yeah, I do. But um, I'm probably gonna do these names wrong, which is once again why it's Sad Licker is not here, because he seems to be the
1: the name guy. I'm gonna say he's fluently Wingle. Will. <laughs> so Wing, Wingle? Is there a word for that? He's, he's multilingual. He's multilingual. Yeah. There you go.
2: Not Wingle. He's good at reading names. Oh. There's got to be a word for that, Ross.
0: He's, he's good at reading too. Good at reading. reading. Whatever. Rob, go on. <laughs> All right. So the writer is Al Ewing.
1: Right, Ewing.
0: It's E W I N G. Yeah, Ewing. Ewing. Ewing.
1: Yeah. Okay. Ewing. Like a like, Ewing. Like,
0: like Ewing. Like Ewing McGregor. I'm gonna stop. Go okay, on. Ewing. Yeah. Okay. And then pencils are from Paco Medina. Medina. Yeah. He's badass. Yes. Yes, he is. So, this book actually touched me in a pretty unique way that I'm, I'm just going to try to throw out really fast. Because I was an old New Mutants fan, Robert DaCosta, aka Sunspot, if you're reading those old books, he really, really liked Magnum P.I. And it was like a big thing that came up several times in the old New Mutants story. Okay? So, this book does have a few moments where it's kind of heavy-handed, but one of the big beginning parts of the story was basically Robert DaCosta talking about when he realized he wanted to be an American and why he wanted to be an American, because Robert is actually Spanish um, from Mexico. So, but basically what it was is, you know, he he remembered this time where he was watching Magnum P.I., and he was there with all the new mutants, and you have characters from all parts of the country, and then we have a character we have people from Ireland and we have people from China that were all a part of this new mutants family.
1: Right. Well yeah, and we had Moonstone or yeah, Moonstone. Yeah, Moonstone's and Native like, American. And yeah. And
0: Shawa, who was Chinese. Yep. And then uh the, and the can, Cannibal, the heck from the sticks. Yep, he's from Kansas, so uh, but, I mean, he had a pretty international crew, and basically the relationship that he had with them really made him want to be an American because, you know, that's kind of the world that America is supposed to be, is, is you know, we we're supposed to be the melting pot and united all these people. And so it was kind of neat to have him talking about that and this kind of connection to Magnum P.I., which was fun. If so you don't know what Magnum fan. P.I.
1: is, Tom is awesome.
0: Yes. Um... And one of the big things that they talk about there is, like, having some accountability. And we immediately get the opposite side of the coin with that, which is the secret society showing up. And they're basically deciding that they're going to go totally out in the open, no longer a secret. And basically they're talking about how, you know, in the information age, you can basically manipulate anybody's understanding. So any lie can be sold, as long as you sell it hard enough. But, yeah, evidently they're going to attack somewhere in the U.S. with a giant helicarrier with a lava base, with a lava mountain on top of it. Which sounds more ridiculous than it actually looks.
1: If you're aware of G.I. Joe and Cobra, it's almost like a Cobra base, except without the snakes. It is freaking awesome. And with 100% more lava, usually.
0: 100% more lava. It's, it's pretty awesome. That is true. But um, Robert Acosta has basically purchased AIM, and AIM is now a force for good under his control. But like the new Avengers, he's kind of assembled his own squadron. And so one of the cool things that we get as we go through this story is we get introduced to each of the members of the new squadron. And they actually do bring out some new characters, um, like Dr. Tony Ho, who he calls the brain of the organization. Tony is evidently Yinsen's daughter from Iron Man fame. So, you know, if you watch the film or you read the original Iron Man stuff, he was the one who helped him in the cave. Built the heart. Yeah. So it's the daughter of... But yeah, this is yeah. this is the daughter who is not... She's like a... She's his daughter, but Yinsen went back to his home country and got married again later, so... Either way, she's actually developed her own version of Tony's suit. So she has an Iron Man suit that's like an Iron Patriot suit. So that's kind of what she did to, the, to this team, is she's bringing the brains along with a unique new special suit. So, so she's th- the Iron Man. Kind of. Yeah. And then we rec- uh, we introduce another character, which is Annika Jonique. He calls uh, this one the Quiet One. Now, if you've been following... The new me or I'm sorry the new avengers again there was a awesome suit of armor called pod that appeared back in jonathan hickman's run of avengers it was one of the improvements to the earth that was going on at that time well pod has a human host in this inside and over the course of the series that host's you know body is broken down and so we got just the shell inside which is and I can joke it. Um, and she has basically a like phasing kind of ability. So similar to Shadowcat, I guess. But kind of a little bit more unique. And then we get Doreen Green, the wild card, which is for those playing at home, that squirrel rule.
1: Heck yeah.
0: Uh, which she is awesome in this book, and we'll explain that here in a minute. Actually, we'll just explain that now. As As the fight ensues, they send out a whole bunch of anti-aircraft drones. So to counter that, instead of having, you know, Sunspot blast them or Cannonball knock them out of the air, eh, they just have Cannonball carry Doreen out with a whole bunch of flying squirrels so that the flying squirrels can land on the drones and break them and take them down. And each of the flying squirrels is equipped
2: with a jetpack and a little aviator helmet. Awesome. With goggles! Don't forget the goggles! Um, that on its own makes the book awesome.
1: Yeah. So fantastic.
0: Like, if there's ever going to be a part where we use Doreen Green, like where we use Squirrel Girl, this is how you do her. This is how you use her.
1: Pretty fantastic.
0: Awesome. And even the new colors for the U.S. Avengers still still looks all right. Uh, and then we're going to introduce the muscle, which is, uh, they call him Robert L. Maverick here, which is, you know, he's, he's Thunderbolt Ross. Yeah, I'm pretty darn sure. I don't think so. I'm, I'm. I don't know why they call them something different, but basically, uh, Thunderbolt was depowered a while back, but Shield has figured out a way to basically make a plugin where you can become the Hulk, or you can become Hulk powered for X amount of minutes every day, and so basically, in this window, you get the Red Hulk. For an hour and a half. With full-on Magnum P.I. mustache. Yes, he does. That's one of his big new additions in this story. Fantastic. And kind of one of the last people that they introduce is the heart of the group, which is Sam Guthrie, who is Cannibal. And, you know, they, they do this kind of really neat thing where they introduce who he is and what his whole backstory is. And kind of shows you why he's kind of the heart of the story. Once again, this is another really cool kind of Easter egg for Old New Mutants fans. He's wearing a Lily Channy t-shirt, which is basically like it was a knockoff of um, Cher <laughs> that existed back in the Old New Mutants days. So, I don't know, it was just kind of cool that they had it. It's like when they bring up a, a pop star and it's Dazzler, you know? It's just kind of cool that, yeah, that's awesome. that they make those connections. Um but yeah, basically we get, a, we get to introduce all these characters and then we get to see them in action taking on this Secret Empire base. Which is actually pretty out of control. And each one kind of has something else that they bring to the table. Um, and the neat thing is they kind of talk about their whole motivation for why it's important to them to be a part of this U.S. Avengers team. And at the very end of it, we introduce another new character for it, which is Captain America. Now, I know, you're probably thinking, what? Captain America? This is the third Captain America, evidently. Actually, technically the fourth Captain America. Yeah. Because we have Steve Rogers. Yep. We have Sam Wilson. Yep. We have Roberta, who is the yeah. 2099 Captain America. Yeah. And now we have this new one that they just introduced. Now, she might be the one they introduced in New Mutants, but they... uh they didn't bother to give us the, it the didn't header. didn't go in this farther game. for her. Yeah. She's
1: part of the catch at the end.
0: Yeah, but she's she's going to be another part of it. At the very end of it, though, they introduce a brand new villain that's going to be playing a major part in the U.S. Avengers storyline. Um, and the interesting thing for this villain is, at least from, from what I'm gathering, just from reading this book he's about exploiting the american way so if these guys are all about the unity and the beauty of what america could be and coming together for a greater good he's about the manipulation of the system of america and instead of everyone together he's everyone out for themselves so you know this new character could be a major villain that's going to be important in the marvel hierarchy of things and, it, you know, it could be something that they just use for this first trade and that's it. <laughs> but either way, I, I like the idea of it because it's kind of playing off the difference between their ideas. Uh, honestly, I, when I saw the book initially, this was when I was like, no. No, this looks terrible. And I'm so glad that I picked it up because it actually really blew my mind. It's actually really well done. Heart work for it is fantastic. I love the way they did the characters. So I'd I give it four and a half, because I, I was really taken with it, and I'm, I'm impressed with what they did with the book. I'm excited to see where they go from here, um, but I also liked the new Avengers before this point. So And, and obviously I, I have an affinity for the, the new mutants, so I love the we're getting a couple of them in this story. So.
1: Well, uh, Mr.
2: Ross... I'd definitely give it a four. Uh, I like that they're using not super well-known characters, mm-hmm. and they're using them in a really smart way. Um, and the character interactions in it are great.
0: Yeah, I like how they've, I like how they've done that, how they built those characters out. Because um, mm-hmm. I mean, they have kind of their Captain America with their catch at the end. Mm-hmm. They have their Iron Man, mm-hmm. but I like that she's not just, she's not like Iron Heart, and she's not like Tony. She's all about a non-lethal solution, mm. and her suit kind of works that way. Yeah. The odd thing is, with all the cover art, they make the suit seem bigger than she is. Yeah. Which I don't...
2: I would say that's probably my one downside, is I, I, I saw the regular cover for this and saw that, and I was like, holy cow, it looks super crazy. Yeah, it looks like a
0: huge suit. Yeah. Um, and in the book, you can't really tell, but most of what she does is not connected yeah. To uh, it, I guess if there's one thing I could gripe about is that they, they begin with Tony, and basically say, "Oh, by the way, she likes girls," and then they immediately follow with the quiet one, um, the girl that was in the pod suit, mm-hmm. and go, "Well, Tony's my girlfriend," and so oh, it's like, yeah. okay. Yeah, it's a, it's a little too neat of a bow, but like, I it doesn't matter. Yeah, because ultimately they're they're two brand new characters, and it'll be neat to see what they do with this.
2: Mm-hmm. But in general, the whole flow of the book is really good. Yeah, I liked how it worked.
1: Mm-hmm. I follow suit. I give it four and a half. Also, it is a fun book. Like, I love everything they do with Squirrel Girl in it. I think uh, the use are pretty fantastic. Her new costume's awesome. Uh, General Robert Maverick is a different guy. He's not actually Thaddeus Ross. No? Oh my God, He's a different guy.
0: I would have sworn to God that they he was look Ross. The
1: same. Uh, they look the same. I actually exactly the
0: totally same. read his name and went, that's weird because that's obviously General
1: Thunderbolt Ross. <laughs> they look the same. The only thing really differently is different between the two of them is how they conduct themselves. Uh, Ross generally wears a baseball cap in a lot of the stuff now, but this guy, the way he views everything is uh, more jokey. But as far as look, they look like the same dude. And I would
0: have I would have said... In fact, I did say that they were the same guy. They Either look way... the same
2: to me,
1: too, yeah. I, they do.
0: I guess if we're going to get Thunderbolt Ross again, he won't have a mustache.
1: I so, assume that's the way I tell the difference between the two of them.
0: I, obviously, he's going to be the less impressive Red
1: Hulk. Which the is mustache. sad, but hey mustache rules it um, yeah I give it a four and a half also it's a really fun book the art is great I mean Pena is great he's an awesome artist uh, as far as entertaining I mean I think it's fun as far as the number one the way it's set up to give you the backstory on characters and give you their like almost real-world opinions of things is really kind of awesome I mean if you did with every number one book I could see it getting tiring why, yeah. But for being a number one of a group that most people probably haven't even read these people unless they've been around in comic books for more than ten years. I mean when you start talking about Sunspot, we haven't seen him show up I don't know in a normal ongoing book for a while. I mean he did the he did yeah. the senator stuff for a while.
0: Yeah, he, he was a and main Cannibal character. shows
1: up all the time.
0: Yeah. He was a main character in New New Avengers.
1: Right. Yeah. Which I mean, new I guess new Avengers was a, I mean, it was like twenty two series maybe twenty eight. Yeah,
0: it didn't go. Very it didn't long.
1: run super long, but as far as like characters are concerned, it's like a whole batch of characters that you've probably seen around. But it's an interesting way to do a number one. So if you never read them before, and it's the first time you've ever read a book that has those characters, it's a cool way to do it. Yeah. And yeah, the squirrels are freaking awesome. They're they're awesome.
0: I I also feel like there's some number ones that you read and you go, gosh. If I didn't read other stuff, I don't would I have enjoyed this as much? Like this one, I kind of feel like you could just read it and it would be fine. It's hits me a little harder because of all the new mutant connections. But
1: well, right, the, the Easter eggs and stuff like the shirt. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, there, there's definitely Easter eggs in there connect back to the new mutants, and that was definitely a book you followed heavier than I ever did. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's um, so good stuff. You should really check it out. You know. It is questionable that a couple of the covers had Dead Avengers on them, though. That's weird. Yeah. Jack of Hearts. That's weird.
0: Yeah, some of the, some of the 50... Were they
2: for dead seats?
1: No, it was a real state still. <laughs>
2: All
1: right. One of them was Canada. Guess who Canada is, Ross? I don't know. Who? Ryan Reynolds. Oh, nice. So Deadpool. That's cool. Makes perfect sense. Why there's a Canada in the American flag? Don't know. But that's all right. He's you know he's right. a guy. They
0: threw Costa Rica in last time, so
1: yeah. Well, that
2: makes a little bit more sense than Canada. Since technically, so. I think
1: the actual Costa Rica has one too. I don't remember who it is, but yeah. it has one too. Well, there you go. Well, I'm still anyway, perplexed with Hercules for, for Colorado. Colorado. Yeah, it's a little weird. It's a little weird, but anyway, yeah, whatever. He likes the party, party state. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to Titans number seven. Ross, you want to tell us a story about the Titans? And Titans number seven is
2: written by Dan Abnett, with special guest artist of Lee Weeks huh. and uh, Keller by John Kalisz. And Titan number seven is the start of a new arc in the Titans book. They just finished an arc with Abracadabra and and mainly centering around Wally West and. This arc kind of gets more into, or this issue, I should say, gets more into the team building and um, delves more into some of the Rebirth issues that we've seen. Yeah. Um,
0: I I think, honestly, if you're following Rebirth and you're not reading Titans, I don't know what you're doing, first of all, but this is a good spot to jump in again. Yeah,
2: Yeah, I would totally agree. Uh, Especially with the Rebirth stuff, because this is the meeting of... Wally West and Superman who both have pretty unique connections in Rebirth in that they're both supposedly pre-new 52 versions of their characters.
1: Well, they both uh, have memories for the other from the other reality that doesn't exist. Yeah. And it also has a really cool cover cuz it's a race cover.
2: Yeah. Awesome. And it is a race issue as well. Um, but the this issue's really cool cuz it revolves a lot more about around like the connections between the characters. It's not as much as fighting a giant villain as it is seeing how the characters go about their day. Yeah. Um, you get a lot of Arsenal and Donna Troy, uh, connecting with each other. You also have Superman and Wally West going on their race, which is, seems to be kind of like a ploy from Superman to talk to Wally West more than anything. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, And then you get Nightwing and Garth and, uh, oh, shoot, what's her name? Lilith. Lilith, yeah. Building the Titan's Tower.
1: That's pretty awesome, too. It's interesting the way that goes.
2: Yeah. There's a lot of really cool uh, little moments in that. Uh, One of the really cool things about why they're building the Titan's Tower is because Wally West remembers that. And so they're building it out of his memory basically, from what he remembers. I also love that they're like, How did you build that so fast? And I'm like, Oh, we use this Atlantean technology that just grows buildings, basically.
0: Yeah. It was way cool. And one of them was like, Oh man, it's almost like magic and he's like, No no, I'd have to go talk to a whole different group of people than yeah, magic. Yeah. And the lady who's like trying to get the paperwork set up for it is just like losing her mind.
2: Yep. And and then uh, another cool joke with Garth in there is they're like what are you What are you doing later? And he's like, I have to go train with the Dolphins. And the one's like, the Miami Dolphins? He's like, no, no, Dolphins.
1: <laughs> it's, pretty, it's pretty funny, because she straight up thinks he means, like, the team.
2: Mm-hmm. Well,
1: there's
0: another thing that makes it seem that way, because he's texting. Yeah. Yeah. While he's talking to her about it. And there's, like, this little gag at the very end of it, which is, D- do Dolphins know how to text? Yep. Which is hilarious <laughs> to me. I'm mean, yeah. slapping their flipper on the phone. <laughs> God.
1: Sometimes I wonder what goes through your head. Damn it, only <laughs> phone Once flippers slapping. So. <laughs> they <laughs> can't
0: <laughs> use talk to text. Ee <E-e-e-e. laughs> <laughs> Maybe you can. Maybe that's the only way that damn thing works.
1: It <laughs> would explain a lot. <laughs> it's either their flippers or their nose. And the... I guess you could use their nose too, but if they make talk to text work... He explains why it doesn't work for any of us. <laughs> true. it doesn't, right. hardly. Yep. You have no idea how many things I've ordered to eat that I don't want. It's terrible,
2: <laughs> horrible. I'm telling it you, it's like I always. I always get the raw
1: fish. I don't understand. <laughs> seems to be the only choice. I'm ordering it from Burger King, which is weird. <laughs> Where do they get the raw fish from? I don't understand. I don't know. <sighs>
2: Um, Go on, Ross. Another cool part in this issue is that this is the most Donna Troy I think I've ever seen Donna Troy since she showed back up again. As far as acting very much in character with how I remember her pre-New 52. Yeah. Um, there is some confusion with her with her origin. and it, it, Like, in the book, she is confused with her origin. Yeah.
0: Uh,
2: and so that's kind of an interesting tie back to Rebirth. I don't know if how many people caught on to that, but I think that's uh, part of whoever's tampering with reality.
1: It seems that way. And like we were talking before the show about which reality is real for her and where they left her at before the New 52 was the idea that she was a singularity in the universe. There's only mm-hmm. one of her that exists in all realities. Not different versions of her, but one her. So having multiple origin stories makes a lot of sense because she's from different realities as the same person. And whether this is connected to that or not, we don't really know. This book doesn't explain that, but what she's remembering is very different from her origin that we got maybe six months ago. Yeah. Or I guess a year ago now. Yeah. Yeah, and
0: the, and the Wonder Woman stuff. Right.
1: And this reality she remembers is very different than that. Mm-hmm. So it, pretty interesting, though.
2: I, I like that they're finally touching on that because the Donna Troy that we've seen in Titans... Really doesn't make any sense at all with the Donna Troy that showed up in Wonder Woman. So it's true. It's kind of nice that they're finally hitting. Wait a second, something's not right here.
1: Right, trying to iron things out, maybe. Mm -hmm. So I'm, I'm
0: really interested to see what they do with her character. Mm -hmm. Because I've always liked Donna,
1: but like, I don't know. She's hard to understand because it's chaos around her. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. If you ever wanted to really be confused about a character's origin look her up because yeah. every time they cleaned house they go like let's get rid of her and then she shows back up like two That's, or three years later because she's
2: such a great character that you want to put her in things but you're right her origin is just so convoluted that it's like... well it, it changed every time they cleaned house for dc mm-hmm. you know so
0: she's gone from a playmate of deanna to another amazon to abducted by aliens and trained in Olympus's space program to...
1: <laughs> made clay. Being
0: made of clay again to, yeah. you know... I, she's got probably, I think hands down, she's probably got the most deaths and rebirths and odd continuations in, in, in all DC.
2: Mm-hmm. So. Another really cool thing I liked with the Superman and Wally West race and talk is it was hitting me, they were members of the Justice League together for forever. Yeah. And they act like it. I mean, Superman doesn't treat him like a kid, really. He treats him like one of his peers and just tells him, if you ever need to talk to someone about this, I know what that's like, and I've been there and I
1: remember this stuff, just like you do. So, There's some pretty cool stuff they go over in there, because they talk about him needing to, if he wants to be happy in this world, he needs to try to work to be happy in it. Because the pieces aren't hit there. He's just going to have to try to rebuild. Because the people are still there. They're just not... The pieces aren't there. And they're worth working for if you wanted them in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, like, it's very... Uh, I don't know. The things that, that he hated from being in this world... It's like Superman gives him the... That-a-boy speech. You just got to try harder. Yeah. But it comes out way better than I just said it.
2: It's totally Superman, too. Yeah. Like, and I, I love, in Rebirth, how almost... There, I haven't read a book yet with Superman in it that hasn't felt like the Superman that I remembered. He he's just always seems to be like trying to inspire people and do the right thing and teaching people how to do things right and having hope in humanity as a whole. And mm. yeah, which, which if that was something that bothered you about
0: Superman, you missed when he didn't do that because you were busy hating. Yeah. So that's on you. <laughs> Old Superman now.
2: Yep. It's true, that's I mean, that's my favorite part about him, and I love that that stuff's back. So, uh, overall, as an issue, probably my favorite issue of any of the Rebirth stuff so far. Uh, probably a tie. The other one I loved was when the two Wally Wests met in Flash, and I'd say this one probably just edges just a little bit above that. Uh, really, really good art. I, I kind of really wish Lee Weeks was doing more art. For this story,
1: because it fits so well, um, I well, love... He's a good artist, and we see him do Daredevil and a few other things. But yeah, the guy's been around. But yeah, it's good. Mm-hmm.
2: Really fitting too, like the way he does all the characters and the Flash race with Superman is perfect. And um, in the book, the characters in general feel great. All of them, even the ones that you like, barely spend any time with, like Nightwing and uh, Garth and. Yeah, and Lilith, they all feel like the characters that you remember them being previous. In. Yeah, really I, good. I issue. like a lot
1: how they got the accountant in there trying to figure out how to write <laughs> insurance policy for them. He's like, "Oh yeah, you want to see the jet?" She says, "You guys have a plane?" He's like, "Oh yeah, it's invisible." And she's like, "Uh, what?"
2: <laughs> like yeah, awesome actually, we, actually we, I totally forgot about that part but that yeah. part was great that they have an invisible jet right yeah. they're like how did you turn it invisible uh, well we know Amazon's. some Amazons yeah, like that's...
1: somehow that's an answer
2: <laughs> awesome yeah and, the, and then the titan's tower at the end of it right cool. right
1: the we'll catch at the end is the best
2: which it's... I'm curious because Damien is also building a team titan's tower right it'd be cool anyway cool. Uh, I guess number probably a four and a half out of 5. Maybe even like a 4.75. It is a really, really good issue.
1: Sweet. My philosophy with you, give it a 4. It was, it was really good. Like, it's a fun issue. I like when they do the Superman race stuff with with the Flash. This particular Flash, is funner because it's happened multiple times. Not that it hasn't happened with Barry, because it has. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way he basically used it to set him up, to get him out in the middle of nowhere to talk to basically talk, it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. And, like, the second part of that where he's like, yeah, you want to race again? And he's like, oh, yeah, I guess we can. And he's like, good, because I was taking it easy on you.
2: Mm. Awesome. I love the, the, the way they start that race. is Superman just leaves, and he's like, see you later, Wally. And he's like, wait a second. Right. How did you know my name? And
1: Yeah, it's pretty good. Because up to that point, he didn't realize it was different. He knew it wasn't. Super, he knew it was Superman, but he didn't realize it was the same Superman from his timeline.
2: Yeah, and the only person that knew who he was in this universe so far has been Barry. Right. So,
1: yeah. So that was pretty cool. Uh, Rob, score for the book?
0: I, I actually really enjoyed it, too. I'd give, a, I'd give it a 4.5. I, You know, y- you'd mention, like, oh, this book's right, going to be right on my alley, and you're, you're right. I, I love it <laughs> when you have a lot of good continuity, and this has a bunch of that. And I, I loved how... They built the connection between Superman and Wally. I thought it was great to have Roy and Deanna like kind of building a relationship, which is pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And some of the gags in there were pretty funny. Like they, they have a couple of them with Garth, like mm-hmm. the dolphins thing. Um, Catch at the end, of course, is awesome because I mean that's very traditional Titans. I also like that not everybody just recognizes them because mm-hmm. there's a whole point where Flash is getting on. Arsenal about, you know, keeping property damage down. Mm -hmm. Because this is going to be our city and this is what we need to watch out for.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: And Deanna, like, goes and talks to the crowd and is basically like, oh, everything's taken care of. The Titans have it. And the crowd's kind of like, Teen Titans? Really? These guys seem a little old for that. You know, like, so not everybody just knows who
2: they are. Even the villain they're fighting at the start is like Justice League and, yeah. uh, yeah, Roy's like, I don't know if I really want to correct him or not about calling us the Justice League.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty
1: good.
2: I,
0: I like that, and I like the idea that they're they're kind of going to be watching, I guess, in the story, the amount of property damage that they do. Because, I mean, that was something that... It just kind of makes sense, and it's something that's been missing, I think, for a lot of books. Because, mm-hmm. like, they really blow up the, the amount of action and, and destroying things, but, like, that stuff should have consequences. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, in a real world... When you destroy a building, yeah, it's a big deal. And, I mean, that's a lot of what they're doing with the building itself, with the Titans Tower, Mm -hmm. is I'm I'm betting a lot of the series is going to continue with the consequences of the actions of these heroes. Yep. So, which I think is neat. It's kind of cool to have it grounded. Yeah.
2: So. I'm really curious. I think it's probably going to happen sometime soon, where we'll have a Titans, Teen
1: Titans crossover. I'd be surprised if it didn't. Yeah. It would be be weird if it didn't. (laughs) All right. um, Let's let's see. uh, uh, Man, I feel like there's steps in here. Here we go. Uh, So, Rob, what did you learn today? Oh, geez. Uh, I learned
0: that dolphins might be the only thing that makes talk-to-text work. That's a very good
1: point. Uh, Ross, what did you
2: learn today? Uh, I learned that only some people have mustaches when they turn into the hole.
1: That is also very true. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Rob, what I learned today?
0: The evidently General
2: Maverick is not Thunderbolt
0: Ross, <laughs> even though he looks like Thunderbolt Ross. That's very true. Those are all
1: good things to learn. Yeah, <laughs> uh, let's do some books to watch. Evidently, uh, Hercules has a deep connection to Colorado. <laughs> that is also something. I
0: the learned. Colorado legend. Yeah. yeah.
1: You no, know, that seems like something that should be a book. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. The hidden adventures of Hercules in Colorado. In Colorado, <laughs> it's got
1: to be part of the title, otherwise it doesn't work.
2: Uh, you got some books to watch, there, Ross? Uh, well. Titans and Teen Titans for the crossover that I'm calling is going to happen at some point. It's true. (laughs) Okay. Uh, The Justice League Power Rangers crossover book, issue one, just came out and was really, really good. Mm -hmm. I'm excited for the next couple issues of that. Now, just, I I haven't got a read yet, but
0: are the Power Rangers in trouble with the Justice League for murder?
2: Not yet. Okay. Although I think that might be something that happens at some point in that book. Really?
0: From what I've heard, yep. Because, you know, Power Rangers, they don't arrest anybody.
2: Yeah, they just kill everything.
1: <laughs> That's so messed up.
2: I mean, most of the things <laughs> they kill are crazy monsters made out of clay and stuff. But nevertheless,
1: but... there were still things that were alive. Yeah. Yep. That is really messed up. So, <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, Wait, sorry. Way to break the Power Rangers for me. <laughs>
2: Thanks. Um, future Quest has been really good. I'm excited about all those Hanna-Barbera DC crossovers happening. Probably in the near future.
0: And you know, the crazy banana splits in the Suicide Squad? Yeah, awesome.
1: <laughs> he doesn't stop talking about it. <laughs> I, I am ever. excited about that one. Yeah. I've seen way more banana splits than I, anybody should. Ever.
2: <laughs> Ironically enough, I'm not the one that's been showing them to him either. Yeah. so That's true. I like to think Steve just searches banana splits on the computer and just looks at pictures of ice cream. Normally that's
1: what it is. And I say, that looks delicious.
2: <laughs> um... I'm also curious about the end of this Justice League vs. Suicide Squad and the start of the Justice League of America. Um, Some kind of crazy things have been happening there. Oh, yeah. I'm interested to see how it'll pay off in the end. The end of issue
1: four is crazy. Mm -hmm. I
0: wonder if uh, Max Lord is going to have something to do with it.
2: That's what I I mean. I was kind of thinking that at the start of it, but the way it's turned now, I don't see that happening. Now. What I'm really curious about, though, is the Emerald Empress and her ties to the lost Legionnaire that's been in uh, all this rebirth stuff that's happened. Um, I saw a solicitation today for a future Supergirl issue that has Superman and Supergirl going after. Her. So I'm hoping we'll get some Legion of Superheroes tie in there Maybe. somehow. I mean, it's, cool. it's
0: been a minute since that book failed, so it's time to start again. <laughs> I love uh, the Legion, but I don't know save. if they
2: necessarily need their own book. I'll be happy to see them show up in something else. So yeah, I mean, I liked their own book too, but
0: no, I, I get what you're saying. <laughs> God, no, I love the Legion of Superheroes, you know,
1: but I get it. But that Star Trek crossover that was sweet. Yeah, Saturn Girl's is awesome. Yeah, no, it's great.
2: Legion of Superheroes are good. It's just that no one else seems to think
1: yeah they are we're few and far between that like those characters it's it's a
2: hard
0: it's a hard sell you know and people don't realize that matter eater lad was never meant to be serious so if you are going oh matter eater lad i don't want to read this like he was designed as a joke you can kind of get on bouncing boy but matter eater lad was a joke (laughs) from the beginning he was he was not even a 50s disconnect
2: character he was a joke I love that the Legion of Superheroes have their joke characters, mm-hmm. and then they also have their own subsection of joke characters in those books with the Legion of Substitute Heroes. Yes. Which are even more ridiculous than the regular Legion of Superheroes characters are. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Anyhow, though, that's... That, that's all for me. Ron... Code and Darth Maul are fun, too, Star Wars books. Yes. Yes. Darth Maul
1: looks cool. Yeah. yeah,
0: Darth Maul was definitely one of those... I was going to talk about it a little bit there. I, I think that's going to be a fantastic book. Um, U.S. Avengers is actually starting really hard. I, I think it's going to be a great story, so I, I hope that's something that people will stick around and check out. Um, Marvel's going to do a new event soon, which is going to be Marvel, basically, versus Monsters. Monsters Unleashed. Monsters Unleashed, yes. Which I think is going to be actually really, really good. Um... I'm going to say it starts, I think, in the next two weeks. Yeah, it's coming really quick. Um, And then they're doing, like, a little side story with uh, the Miles Morales Spider-Man and Spider-Gwen. Right. Which Miles Morales Spider-Man has been incredibly legit. So, I mean, if you're looking for a Spider-Man that's not as quite as businessy or, like, is more like a kid, that's the way to go. And, like, if you want to get, like, a jump on what Homecoming is going to feel like... Honestly, check out Miles Morales' story, because it looks like they borrow heavily from him. From what the trailer has in it? Yeah, it does. Mm -hmm. Um, But, of course, uh, Rebirth has been fantastic. Reborn is one that I still really enjoy. From Image? Yeah, from Image. Um, Black Science has been really great. Uh, Seven to Infinity has been pretty cool so far. You know, from the the issues that I've gotten to read, I'm still kind of... Figuring that one out, but I, I'm looking forward to it. I thought you were going to say something. I am I do
1: have
2: one more, but I can wait until What is run. it, Ross? You go. I'm really excited for uh,
1: Hot Dog and the Werewolf. Oh, damn it. Archie you should wait until the end. You, that's <laughs> not a real book. It's called Hunger, and it's not. Hunger is the real title. If you want Jughead as a Werewolf, Hunger. Don't ask for Hot Dog and Werewolf, because your retailer's going to look what? at you like, what are you talking Maybe about? Maybe you ask for it enough, and. No. They're they not they to the change name? It.
2: No. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change it on my copy. Okay. Well. <laughs>
1: you think you got to get a blank copy for that. Oh, darn it. Well, yeah, or really a really big permanent marker, mm-hmm. which I have one of those at the register. Sweet. It's paint. I wasn't going really. to give them
0: as the option for that. But. No,
1: well, you know. Right.
2: This is not. I'm changing copies with
1: permanent markers.
0: Uh, I thought you were just
2: changing your copy.
1: Nope. Changed now. What that really means is you need to get in here early and get yours before Ross gets here. <laughs> Otherwise, it's gonna be hunger with marker on top of it that says <laughs> hot dog and the werewolf.
0: And and before you're gonna start scoffing, okay. The Archie meets the Living Dead,
1: night or Afterlife with Archie. Afterlife
0: with Archie, super legit. People scoffed at too, and yeah.
2: that
0: changed the landscape of Archie comics for a minute. So
2: I'm legitimately excited for that book too. Oh no, I
1: I, I know, okay. I, I I know.
0: So some people like they hear that and
2: they go, Pfft. yeah. He's Archie, that's hilarious. Yeah. Stupid Archie. But right. you should look up the pictures like for the covers and stuff for that book. Yeah. It looks way good. It does, it looks pretty cool.
1: Um, so, man, so, <laughs> after that nonsense, uh, yeah, I, I would say Hunger, just because it does look really good. And like Rob said, the afterlife of the Archie stuff is pretty legit. Mm-hmm. Um, see, book-wise... Ah, man, if you're not already following The Walking Dead, then I'm not sure what you're doing, because it's pretty good, and it's been going on for a while. It has this giant TV series, so I've been catching up on that, and I'm pretty pretty happy with it. I actually cut up in Deadly Class this last week, because it has been about four or five issues I had not read, read yet. So, uh, pretty happy with it, too, still. Not that I wasn't ever, but you know. Yeah, Keep that in amazing. mind. Well, yeah, at this point, he's slaying it. Seven New Attorney's really good. I, deadly Class is great. Black Science great. I mean, you mentioned those two already, and They are really good. Um, See, Birthright from Williamson. Uh, He's the same guy writing uh, Justice Suicide Squad and Flash. So if you haven't been aware you're reading his work, you might already be reading it. Um, But yeah, Birthright's really good. Uh, I still love Revival, uh, even though we're heading towards End. um, I still love it. I think, uh, man, uh, what I read the other night that I liked a lot. Uh, motor crush i actually dig a lot even though it's the same group that was working on the Batgirl i hate so much i do like motor crush um mm-hmm. it's only got two issues out and it's pretty cool uh, as far as other books getting ready to drop i mean deadpool the duck came out two weeks ago Mm-mm. i like that issue a lot um I, if you ever wanted to ravenous rocket raccoon i may have said this exact same words in the previous podcast or i've said them to other people in life
2: I don't think it was on the last podcast.
1: That I said to people in life, if you ever want to see Ravenous Rocket Raccoon, that's the book. It's It's a five-part miniseries, and as silly as it sounds, How the Duck Merged with Deadpool, awesome. Uh, I think it's great. Uh, as far as a new book, there's a batch of new books coming out from Image. I read some solicits today. Most of them just run together for me. There's a bunch of them that look cool. Uh, but the one I remember that I liked a lot was Extremity. Uh, it's by Daniel Warren Johnson, and I got to be part of it today in a preview, and the art is fantastic. Um, so I'm super excited for that one. I want to say it comes out, I think, February? But I think it should be pretty freaking cool. Uh, there was one that I forgot. Go.
0: It's sad to see that uh, DC seems to not want to be using some of its Wildstorm characters. But uh, coming up with um, images... Anniversary, DC is doing some Wildstorm stuff, so they're going to actually put out a Wildstorm comic. So it'll be really neat to see what they do with that because you know, there's a lot of great characters that were Wildstorm that we just haven't seen in the New Fifty Two, and of course they're not coming out in an Image anymore. So, No, I'm mean,
1: I'm interested to see what they do with it. I think it's Garth just writing it. Yeah, which um, is so I'm interested to see what they do. They've had a hard time using them in the universe with everyone else. Yeah, so.
0: Which is surprising, because some of them seem like they would fit so well. Yeah, I mean, did. we had Grifter in so often. Zalot is an uh, Amazon. Right. Duh. Why was that an issue?
1: But, yeah. I, you know. Voodoo's an alien. Yeah. Green Lantern deals with aliens. Yeah. Come on now.
0: So They even did that in her
1: own book. Yeah, they did. Yeah, so I, I don't was know. Just before it
0: ended. <laughs> yeah. Sad day. I'm just surprised, like... We haven't seen more of those properties be important. Right. But, of course, then you look at what they did with Fairchild and Grunge, and you're
2: like, oh, yeah, okay,
1: that makes sense. <laughs> take <laughs> Anyways, take that, Gen 13.
2: Yeah. I also so, had another one that I forgot. It better not be Hot Dog and the Werewolf. It wasn't Hot Dog and the Werewolf. Okay, what? Uh, the rest of the... I've caught up on Aquaman mm. and, and rework stuff, and it's been really cool. Right. That's about it. It, keep reading it. It's good. Keep reading yeah. Aquaman. Okay. And Hot Dog and the Werewolf. get it. <laughs> I
1: knew it was coming. All right. I think that's it. You got anything else, Rob? I don't think it's so. No? I, I think that's it. Tiki? Tiki? Tiki. Tiki!
0: Tiki! Says, ah. Not doing it. Oh, I'm gonna
2: do it. What can What can You're not it. <laughs>